Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Now, why is the story of the prodigal sounds so powerful to us all because it uses the language of father child and it ends you know you, you know, it, at its heart is the father running to meet his child going through puberty as a boy or a girl it's not suddenly become difficult i think it is more difficult but it has always been a difficult time girls have always not liked their bodies it's just that girls have never been given the option to get out of it before but basically there's a call on us to seek to protect people from, from harm and protect people from vulnerable situations. Hello, this is the Faith in Parents podcast. My name is Ed Drew. I'm the director of Faith in Kids. We're about you, the parent, walking you along everyday life situations with Jesus Christ as your Lord, discovering that he's not just for Sunday, but for every tweak, twerk, and (laughs) wrinkle of life. Amy, (laughs) please say something better than that. (laughs) Hello, Ed. It's lovely to be with you. We're going to try and help parents not freak them out. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. Oh, Amy, it's much better when you're here. Now, Amy, this is an exciting day because we are launching on this stream our Who Am I series. Amy, could you give us a go at understanding what is our Who Am I series and why are we doing it? Well, I think our Who Am I series is primarily to serve parents, to serve families, to serve churches and equipping them to have conversations with their kids about identity to not be afraid, to not run away, to not ostrich our heads in the sand, but to say, we have a better story. We have a wonderful truth. We have a brilliant God-given identity that we can live out of that offers us life and flourishing and good news and joy. And we're going to dive into exploring that together. It's good news, Ed. We've got good news. Amy, it's such good news. And I do want to just clarify, it's a thing. And it's a thing in our world and it's a thing in the Bible as well. What is? Well, identity. Okay. Because I'm always suspicious of any organisation that starts with, I've got this great new thing for you that you never knew you needed. And that's why I try to avoid buying plastic spatulas (laughs) and things that 
help you to get the lids off jam jars with complicated handles. I'm just a potato peeler kind of guy. <laughs> the world has got by for a long time without this JML plastic product that they're showing me on a video. Who needs any kind of innovation, that's, hey? That's me oh, all over. Come that's on. That's me all over. So Can I, I just ask, do you drive the same car as you drove like 20 years ago? With, I'm going to like, be honest, no Amy, and so I'm very suspicious of all electric cars <laughs> for exactly that reason. Oh, dear. Okay, Ed. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> in world of positivity that I'd like to invite you to step the toe into, the Bible, we're not about to deliver you something new and wacky, and so trust us. We're just going to point you confidently to what you already know. You are. That might be a safer way than putting it, but something to do with potato peelers are good and everything else is bad. But first, let me take you on a cultural odyssey <laughs> to show that in The Greatest Showman, that fantastic song, This Is Me, mm -hmm. where the most amazing singer in the world sings, I am brave and I am bruised. I am who I meant to be. This is me. Mm -hmm. Her song is singing of who she is and the right to decide who she is. Mm -hmm. And when she sings it, every parent nods vigorously and say, I want that for my children. Yeah, that's why every primary school choir basically sing it. Amy, in Frozen 2, we hear, show yourself, step into your power, grow yourself into something new. You are the one you've been waiting for. And again, we nod vigorously and say, go, sister, be that woman. <laughs> now, Amy, just reassure me. Is it just bar humbug Christians who are there shaking their heads and saying, no, Disney, no, you mustn't teach my children these things? No, so our hearts respond to that because there is an element of the you do you that we think, yeah, there's something in that. There's something so good in that. We do want people to be the person oh, no, we want them to be the person they were made to be. We want them to live out of the identity that they were given because we believe that putting the pressure on them to work out all of that on their own and to just be basically nebulous blank canvases that have to decide everything is not good. So there is something wonderful in those songs that we respond to, but it's not all. And there's something massive missing. And the good news is we can give that something massive that's missing. You can do you in the power of God at work in you to make you who you are and to deliver you to the person he he has for you to be and he's working on you to be, which is one day going to be like Jesus, which like imagine singing that song. That is the song we're singing, Ed, as Christians forever. On this topic, the verse I go to first is 1 John 3 verse 1. The song I want my children to sing is... See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Is that the verse in the Bible with the most exclamation marks? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Amy loves an exclamation mark. <laughs> A lot of our job is, of editing is trying to take out the many exclamation marks from Exclamation Amy's mark or hyphen, because I've just got so much to say. Put a hyphen in and then put an exclamation mark at the end. It's all good. What I love about that verse... We should be called children of God. We're all fine with that. Mm -hmm. And this is what we are. Mm -hmm. It's not this is what we do or this is what we celebrate or this is why we worship. It's this is what we are. Yeah. Before all else, as Christians, we get to say we are children of God. It's who we are. It's our identity. Mm -hmm. This is me, Amy. Child of God. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, can you tell me, where, where in life 
do you see the need for our children and our families to get to grips with this business of identity, of who we are? So I think we struggle to understand Christianity as an identity. We think it's something we put on. It's a hobby we have. It's something we pick up and put down again. It isn't who we are. And I think as a mum who has adopted four kids, understanding that one once you weren't something and now you are something and how there was a day when my kids were not my children. They weren't Smiths. And then a day came when they are. And there was a change in their identity and they now need to live out of their identity. And I see in my kids a struggle, varying levels of struggle to believe that, to believe that they're good enough, to believe that they belong, to feel like they do. To, And that's true of all kids. That's true of us all in different ways. But there's something that I see in their struggle to be secure in their identity as as my children that makes me understand something of how I struggle in my security, in my identity with my heavenly father. So that, you know, I feel like I have to impress him and I don't want to tell him the worst things about me. And I have to put on a good show and he's interested in my good behavior because he's been so kind to me. So I sort of owe him back a grateful response and a thankful response and an obedient life. Whereas the relationship isn't that. I am his, I'm his child and he loves me and that is set and I should live out of that. And when I live securely loved and knowing I'm his child, I'm free from this is about my behavior. This is about pleasing him. This is about, you know, holding back stuff that he might not like. So Christianity is an identity. And I've learned a lot from my kids about how I struggle with my identity and attachment to my heavenly father and all those things, which I just think I'm so grateful. I'd never have learned that. Thank you, Amy. I also find this. In my parenting, Mm -hmm. that for instance, I I have a child, every time that child takes a test, they believe they have failed during and after it. And the score they get doesn't actually matter to how they feel. I've never known that child to say, I did well, I did enough. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say, you know, education is an idol for the middle classes. That's that I think that's a thing. So I am ready as a Christian to say, I will be pushing my children really hard. I didn't know a part of parenting would be saying to my child, you've done enough. You've worked enough. You've, you've got a high enough mark. You're doing great. Well done. My standards are lower, it turns out, than that child. <laughs> yeah. And I have to keep reminding that child, will you be loved by Jesus less mm. if you fail? Mm -hmm. Will you be loved by Jesus more if you get the highest mark in your class? That child knows the answer to those questions. But is that child able to remember that at the point of panic in the test where they don't know what they're doing? And I think that's the difference between what we know and what we feel almost. That, you know, do we believe it enough for it to make a difference to how we think, how we respond, how we act? That difference between our head and heart that so often we can know stuff, but unless it is who we are, it doesn't change what we do. And there's a version of this, even with preschoolers, Mm -hmm. even with a two-year-old, a three-year-old and a four-year-old, that the moment of panic of I've lost my parent, I'm out of my depth in the swimming pool, I am in floods of tears because I can't cope and I can't do it. We know as parents that comes with a big hug 
And I think as a parent of a preschooler, we often find ourselves saying, I will never leave you. You don't need to be scared. Mm -hmm. That is identity. Mm -hmm. I have not come to your rescue because you've been quite nice today. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving you a hug because you've just got everything right. I'm giving you a hug because you're mine. I'm reassuring you because mm-hmm. I will always have you because that what it, that's what it means to be my child and for me to be your parent. That's why the picture of being a father in the Bible, I think, is so, so brilliant. It's because if we're a parent, and this podcast is for you, you know what it is to be a parent for that unconditional love where you're convincing your child day after day, I've got you, you can always turn to me. I'm not going to ask you about your performance first. That's the rock you can stand on. Mm. Christianity is the rock we can stand on. We have a heavenly father who says, you're mine. We won't budge. And to say this out loud, it seems so obvious and simple, but so often we are focusing on that must go to church on Sunday. It's all about my behavior. And it's all about what I say in a small group Bible study, Sunday school, and so on. So Ed, okay. You've given me a Bible verse. You've convinced me that identity is important. We've said waffly things, and some of them have been quite good. (laughs) But why? Why would we write a series on it if it's so obvious? It's just an identity that we live out of. Done. I'm in danger of patronising all of our listeners now. But as we have written this, we have been saying to one another, this might be the first resource we have written that we don't think parents understand it. So normally when you get given your flappy bit of paper as your child comes out of Sunday school, you look at the passage, you look at the picture and you go, okay, I know it's, it's the one where Jesus washes their feet. So I'm going to talk to my child about feet washing and how we love other people. Mm-hmm. I think when our children run out of Sunday school with a piece of paper that says, I am hurting, meaning I am living in a hurting world Things happen to me that hurt and it's not my fault. I think most parents, including me, would be going, what are they teaching them and why? Mm. Mm. In this series, we're looking forward to interviewing Karen. She's been on an episode recently. She she told us this statistic that over 50% of people in the UK have had at least one adverse childhood experience. That is half Mm. of people walking past you in the street have had something traumatic happen to them as children. Neglect, abuse, a household with drug or alcohol dependence, going through divorce in the family. We all live in a hurting world. And often that hurt is impacting our children the most because Mm -hmm. they are the ones who are least able to cope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be great if our children and our parents understood that life will hurt? Mm. tears are expected so we want to help parents to know what are the conversations I can have rather than just wishing the hurt away how can I talk my children through that in a Christian way that is full of hope and even has that joy running through it like words through rock I think I'm excited about this series because I see fear in my own heart and in my friends and amongst you know other parents that I chat to the school gate We're so fearful of getting it wrong and we're worried about our kids and we struggle to understand how our culture has changed and the conversations that are happening around us and we feel like, I'm not equipped for this. This wasn't the world that I lived in. You know, things were much simpler in my day. You know, we were worried about 
what we were snack we were having after school and whether we had a nice top on or not and you know trying to read the problem page about you know could could you get pregnant by using somebody's towel that was the world i lived in so suddenly wow we're talking about gender we're talking about sexuality we're choosing our bodies we're you know the sort of the simple things seem to have gone and so i'm not equipped so i do not want to have these conversations so i'm just not going to have them because i might get it wrong amy give us one example the conversation you've had, which leaves you feeling like that. <laughs> so, for example, my daughter's primary school, they're trying to help. I'm coming from a good place. They're trying to help people have conversations to understand how people's family setups are different from yours and people's relationships and attraction and all these things might look different. So what it's called that if you like boys and girls is that you are bisexual. So my daughter, who was nine at the time, came home and obviously I was aware that some of these conversations were happening, but I'm making the tea. I'm chopping an, a pepper and she trots up to me and says, oh, mum, <laughs> I'm bisexual. I think I might be bisexual. So there's that moment where every little man inside your head, because obviously that is how it works, runs round screaming, Wah! And then you have to go, I've learned to not, I've had to learn to not go, don't be so ridiculous, no you aren't. You have to go, hang on a minute, just wait and count to five. What has she just said? Why are you panicking? And what do you need to do now? So what she has just said is, I think I might be. So I have learned something today and I want to talk to you about it. And I'm not sure what it means. So that is what she has just said. She has not come to tell me I have decided something and I'm going and I'm moving out and I'm just, this is my life now. She has said, I think I might be. She has come to me with something she doesn't understand. This is actually good news. She has come to me with something she doesn't understand. She has used the word that is new to her today and she wants to talk to me about it. This is good news. All of this is good news. I can now sit down with her and say, that's great. Tell me about what you think. Let's talk about it together. I, I think, Amy, what I love is the idea that one little man <laughs> is shouting through the megaphone, this is good news, <laughs> while 20 little men are running around Amy's head shouting, sound the alarm, sound the alarm. So what you have to remember is you have to have one voice that says, what did she actually say? <laughs> Not, what do you fear that she said? What do you think that this means? Where do you think this will end? What did she actually say? And start there. What did you think? Tell me why you thought that. Tell me, use her language. Tell me why you think. Just repeat it back. Oh, okay. Tell me why you think you might be bisexual. What does bisexual mean? So as we have that conversation and I try to carry on chopping the pepper, because obviously that means no terrifying eye contact where you might see sweat. She says, well, bisexual means you like boys and girls. And I have lots of friends who are boys and girls. So therefore, I must be. Oh, that's great. I think we need to talk about the difference between having friends and being attracted. I think we need to talk about the difference between children's feelings and adults' feelings what kind of body do you think you have? A child's body or an adult body? What kind of feelings do you think you're talking about? 
friendship feelings or sexual attraction feelings. Oh, look, see, we're all fine. What you've just said is you're a brilliant friend. Great. She skips off. We're done. That's it. <laughs> I lied. I go in the utility room. I shut the door go, <laughs> for a bit and then come out. Okay, I'm making the tea. It's fine. It's all good. Tell, tell, Amy, tell me what the little men are shouting at this point. I think they might have got away with it. I think they might have got away with it. Was that okay? Was that okay? <laughs> so anyway. Amy, thank you. This is the reason why we're doing this series is because we have become convinced that so much of our parenting conversations and even the decisions we make are about clarity on identity. Jesus spent a great deal of time talking about it. I often use the example of Zacchaeus. When Jesus walked into Zacchaeus's house, the whole town gathered outside and said, this can't be right. What is happening? And Jesus came out and said, this man has become a son of Abraham. His identity has changed. You're right. He was a sinner. That was his identity. It's not just bad behavior. It's who he was. Now he can say, I am a child of God. The whole town didn't understand it. Jesus, he looks at people as their identity. Who are you? because I want you to be a child of God. These conversations are happening in our homes. This is the first teaser trailer. Amy and I aren't even claiming to be telling you anything significant. Our job is to get you excited about what is to come. Next week, we'll have an introduction to this with our friend Ed Shaw. And then after that, the issues will just roll on. Each podcast will be looking at one of these issues, one of these identity issues, and we'll be covering sexuality, gender, friendship, bodies, all manner of terrifying topics that will be discussed calmly. <laughs> no, with no, ec- with, not terrifying, <laughs> with ex- necessary. They're not terrifying. <laughs> They're not. Amy's excited and so am I. We've already started recording them. So I can tell you as I sit down and listen to two experts talk to me about gender identity, I breathe a sigh of relief because these are two great Christians who are not worried, who do not think the whole of our culture is careering off down a road and we don't know where it will end. They're just saying the Lord has us, the Bible has answers, let's walk it through together. I'm excited that we do that with you. Ed, there's going to be a good few episodes. There's seven in our foundational series, the seven big things that we're looking at. Which one are you most excited about? I I do think that episode I mentioned earlier on I'm Hurting, Mm -hmm. I, I think as Christians, we probably get when our children are the cause of the hurt. They have hit their sibling. I think we're not so clear how to talk to our children about a world where hurting things happen and they get hurt. Everything in you as a parent is about preventing harm to children. Parents can't prevent all harm to children and there'll be a day when we're not there to prevent harm to children. Whether that be the day they go to school or the day we drop them off four hours away from where we live and drive away. I also just think as an act of love, I hope we know there are people in our church who are hurting more than us and to have something to say to them. And can you imagine the day our children have something to say to them? Mm. I mean, that's, that thrills me that our children get to walk with hurting children and say loving, godly things to them. And I'm convinced it's possible. I see it happening and I want that for the children in our church. 
because I want them to be able to do it for my children. Amy, what's the episode you're excited about? So I am looking forward to the I am given a body and all the stuff that comes with that. I think as a parent, I think there's a lot of stuff about bodies, our own bodies, that we don't talk about them well with our kids. There's a lot of stuff around not feeling good enough about, you know, there's an ideal that bodies need to have. That just there's such a liberating perspective that I wish I'd known earlier of just knowing my body is a gift from God. And he's far more interested in, about what I do with it than how I look in it. And I think there's just something so healthy and good about talking to your kids about their body, about your own body, about what's good about it, about what you don't like about it, about how you're trusting the Lord about the things that you don't like. I just think all of those things are such healthy conversations to have. And I wish I'd had them earlier. I wish I'd had them with my parents as a child, but that just wasn't you know, the culture that we were in. You know, I lived in a culture where you, you know, basically wore a polar neck and covered your ankles and, you know, swimming costumes were, were a thing to be afraid of. That, you know, to, to actually then think, where has that come from? Where is that thinking? How is this anything to do with the Bible? How do we help our kids think well of their bodies as God's good gift? So, yeah. And like almost how that, those simple things of the conversations that I have with my son at the swimming baths, when he feels self-conscious because he's he's weedy and he's next to somebody with massive shoulders, that I can say, but that's God's given you this body and there are things that this body, you know, we trust him with that. That means those those stepping stones that, you know, suddenly when I'm a teenager and I'm really struggling with how I look compared to other people and I'm thinking that maybe I'm in the wrong one or I don't like this bit or, you know, we've set groundwork. We're used to these conversations. We can be open with one another. I think that's going to be great. Amy, I'm pumped. <laughs> I, I listen to you talking and I think, look, who doesn't want that for their children? Who doesn't want to be the parent who feels confident talking about that? Who doesn't want to have the family where this is, where this is normalised? Great. Thank you so much, Amy, for getting me excited. And how we track that back to what we believe and who we are, not just we're a family that's okay with talking about the tough stuff. We're a family that's okay with talking about the tough stuff and we understand how faith makes a difference. What good news. At the moment, already rolling on our Faith in Kids stream, which you can find on this, wherever you got this podcast from, you'll find we've already started rolling those seven foundational issues of identity for the whole family. We think those podcasts are going a bit further than we have before. So we are trying to start the conversation about some of those difficult issues that we're touching on here. We would love to hear your feedback. Ed, they're really good. This is you and Jam at your finest. This is you trotting, trotting simply through the garden of let's talk about this together. So the point of these podcasts is to make parents think that was it. They did it. They just talked about sexuality. They talked about identity. They talked about these big issues. They trotted it through. They talked about Jesus. No, it wasn't a big deal. We're all fine at the end of it. So those podcasts are there to make you believe and see it's possible. It is Ed and Jam skipping you through the garden path to say, look, we did it. It wasn't that bad. They're good. So the parent gets to hold their breath for 30 seconds as we talk about a difficult issue with a big smile, light and breezy. And you can breathe at the end when you say to your children, how did that sound? And they go, fine. Why are you even asking me that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the next time you then ask them a question about something, they go, we've done this before. We have the language to talk about these things. It's all good. So there we are. 
Tell us about the Sunday school lessons we've been writing, Amy. So there is a, we've written a foundational series. This isn't going to be the last thing we say on this, but this is going to be the first thing that we say to try and say, let's talk together. Let's start these conversations. Seven lessons walking you through different identity topics. We've chosen some of the biggies. Ed's already mentioned I'm hurting. I've mentioned I'm given a body. I am made by God. I am made to be friends. I'm made to love. We'll be like Jesus. All seven of them are there. We've got a sample lesson on our website. By the end of September, they'll all be there. Chat time worksheets for people to have. Take-home parent sheets for you to carry on the conversations at home. Churches and families. That's what Faith and Kids, we're all about. We want confident parents, thriving churches, talking together to raise kids to trust in Jesus. So that's why they're there. Check them out on the website, faithinkids.org. Podcast for the family. This is the first one of the podcasts for the parents, Sunday school lessons, and some resources coming that we're not even going to tell you about yet. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that because of your great love, we can be called children of God, and that is what we are. I thank you, Father, that before what we do, before where we go, before what's written on our walls, before what Bible we open, we are children of God because of Jesus. We thank you that our identity is fixed by him and what he has done so we can rest, so we can know the peace of being children of God. And that is what we are. Father, we cannot thank you enough. We love being your children. We love being safe in your arms. We love knowing that we are never outside of your good plans. Help us, Father, as parents to understand these things first so that we can reassure our children next, so that we can give them a hope and a vision for the future that is full of joy, that is life to the full. Thank you, Father. Equip us for the journey, because we often feel ill-equipped. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amy. See you next time. Goodbye. See you next time. Bye.